Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Actor's Guide. Today, I have on the line a an actor, a filmmaker. He's somebody I've worked with in the past, and right now he's working on a, a wonderful task of his own, and that is fatherhood. He just had a, he and his beautiful wife, Alyssa, had a, a, a lovely little baby, Evelyn. And I have Eric Bailey Jr. on the line. He's going to talk about everything that I just now referred to. How you doing, Eric? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Oh boy, I am just thrilled that uh, that you have a few minutes for for me just to kind of pick your brain. You know, we have a lot of listeners who are independent filmmakers. They love it when we have people like you on the line because you are doing it. You are making films. But before we talk about your films, I want to ask you a little bit about your acting career because that's how I knew you or know you. Uh, <laughs> so you know. Go back for me. How how long ago did you get into the the business of acting, and uh, what what kind of drove you to the industry? Oh man, um, I actually began acting when I was about nine or ten years old. Um, my late great grandmother had a performing arts studio for youth uh, mm. in Pasadena, and uh, I was a part of the boys' choir there during the school year and then during the summers, I was a part of the uh, performing arts camp where I kind of got my feet wet uh, doing theater. And then I uh, continued to act through high school and then went to Citrus College for a couple of years and um, was a part of the Citrus Singers Ensemble there where we also did musical theater, so I acted there and then transferred over to Azusa Pacific University mm -hmm. where I was a theater major. Um, so, you know, focused on acting and performing there uh, and kept that going uh, until now, I guess. Yeah. Um, though I will say I actually have not really been in anything uh, on acting front, at least in a couple of years. Was oh now uh, we did Lyman together uh, on the stage. I think you were with me at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. Yes. Uh, what yes. have you done since Lyman? You know, um, I think that might have been the last <laughs> thing actually. Well, you know, I then I'm probably. honored to I'm honored to know that because I'll tell you what you you got into filmmaking after that, and that and that is why I wanted to talk to you today. I want to ask you about your films, and first of all, are you the screenwriter on your films? What exactly? Uh, what role do you play in your filmmaking? Well. Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, uh, they, you do it all. Yeah, yeah, anybody who's done, you know, indies, yeah. Um, yeah. They, they know it's kind of all hands on deck. And uh, the, mm. the producer director ends up doing everything, really. Um, so for my film, Hope Secured, uh, which, you know, my first completed film, 
Um, I was the screenwriter, the director, executive producer. Um, I even had a, a really, really small cameo. Um, but for that one, it's actually based off of a spoken word piece that's written by a friend of mine who was also the lead actress in the film. No. Um, so uh, for that one, you know, I definitely wrote the screenplay for it. But the the story itself was based off of her poem. No. Um, for my next film, which we're in pre-production for called Take My Hand, uh, that one is more loosely based on my own personal story mm -hmm. in some respects. And so I am one of the screenwriters for that one. Um, but I invited my friend Karis to uh, write that one alongside of me. And then I will direct that uh, actually in a few weeks when we shoot. Okay, I was going to ask you if you're doing if you're the director on these pieces. You're obviously the producer, and you're at least co-screenwriting. But you're are you directing all all of your films, uh, or do you ever yeah. hire out for that? I am directing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that that's the long term goal for me right now is is directing. So everything that I'm doing. Um, for the most part, I'm, I'm the director. And so uh, if you get a chance to do much bigger productions, your hope would be to, to do the direction on that, to be the director as opposed to some uh, have a, some other role, or do you want to continue doing a little of everything? I want to continue doing a little bit of everything, but not all on one project. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So. But directing is your love. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Now, what about? Uh, well, okay. So, film directing. Wow, that that's that's a, that's that's an art in and of itself. Uh, what about training? Have have you trained under anyone? Have you gone to film school? I mean, what? How do you learn to do that on your own? If not, you know, on the job training. <laughs> okay, I know. Um, I I've also I've, I've directed quite a bit of theater as well, mm -hmm. and so. There are a lot of things that I take from that onto film sets. Um, I think the challenge for me has been learning the ins and outs of how a film works and really comes together. And right. so I think that's been the the best part about you know doing indie films is that because I am doing everything I am <laughs> taking on multiple roles, I really have an opportunity to learn the ins and outs of what each role mm. entails. Um, right. And so I've also been working as a production assistant on a bunch of TV shows and, and commercials and such where I've been able to, you know, be on set, network okay. and connect with sure. all of the people who are, you know, a part of making the movie magic um, mm -hmm. and, pick brains and learn and observe the processes right. of those directors and of those producers um, and everyone else who's part of the process. Right. So and so you're learning, the, you're learning through observing and, and asking yeah. questions. That's the best way to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm almost 30 years old. I'm not going to go back to school for <laughs> film, <laughs> um, you know, and sure. a lot of the people that I've, that I've, talk to you have been in the industry for so many years they're like you know you don't really need film school if you're already working on sets you're already connecting mm -hmm. you're already learning mm -hmm. you know it'll just it, it'll set you back a bit um because you are getting on the job training 
Do you surround yourself, for instance, as far as the actual filming goes? Uh, do you have uh, friends or you talked about networking? <laughs> have you networked with uh, others that will help you, uh, you know, as far as the actual filming goes? People with equipment, cinematographers. How do you how do you get the others involved? Yeah, so I actually, growing up in L.A., I have tons of friends and some family who have always been in the industry. Um, and then in the last few years that I've been working on sets, um, I've been building my network and building relationships with people as well right. who, like me, are, you know, aspiring to play other roles um, in, in the process. And so, you know, there are people who invest in their own equipment and um or who have connections that will donate equipment or their time for things so really it's been it's been a god thing of mm. how these films have come together um because i haven't had to spend money on much which has been <laughs> a huge blessing um but i've just been surrounded by people who believe in me who are incredibly talented and connected as well who have been able to help bring these pieces to life. Right. And I know that uh, the current production that, that you're working on, um, you know, you sent me a, a link and I know that, uh, you know, you raise funds and, and I am sure people donate and, and we'll, we'll certainly be including a link to this podcast for people to donate to your to your films, because uh, let's face it, it's it's a it, it takes it takes a, a lot of people uh, helping you out, whether it's through money and financing or just like you said, the people that bring their equipment with them and their knowledge Um do you have any desire to enter film festivals and to or do you oh, have yes. okay have you done that yes. before yeah so hope secured actually placed first in the liftoff sessions festival in london oh, last year oh fantastic um, so the film was screened at pinewood studios in uh uk um wow. and then we placed second at a festival in Africa. Yeah. Um, and then we were finalists in a festival here in LA um, and a part of other festivals as well. So I, I think Hope Secure did really well. I'm expecting Take My Hand to do even better this year. It's a totally different type of story, different style. Mm -hmm. um, and my team, you know, we. We all believe that it'll it'll do really well, and it's a story that people need to hear um, and and see. So uh, yeah, I definitely plan on submitting to any and every festival um, that we you know can submit for. Right, right, and and so I wanted to ask you though. You said this one is a, a different from the others, and uh, but do you try to stick with a certain type of theme? as far as the types of films that you choose to do, or are you just open to whatever, you know, wh whatever you feel needs to be said at the time? I know directors and producers really think about, you know, what message they want to, they want to send. How do you make your choices? Yeah, for me, it's, you know, I just want to tell stories that challenge people's thought processes, mm -hmm. tell stories that, you know, make people walk away feeling something i don't care what it is but i i want i want people to to receive something and and 
you know, connect with the message, connect with the story, connect with any one of the characters. Um, you know, I want to tell stories that are powerful, right. um, you know, and, and done well. I think right. there's so many stories out there now that are just kind of empty, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're funny or, you know, um, they, they don't really... I don't know. They don't really challenge people. Well, they don't um, have a purpose other than just to entertain. Yeah. Often, I mean, inter- yeah. now entertaining is a is a is a purpose, but but you kind of want to feel like that people will be changed after they see yeah. your film for the good or, yeah. or maybe the worse. I don't know. It depends on how they interpret things, you know. Yeah, we, exactly. But we aim for the best. Uh, I love that. I think you know if if the Lord wants to make me rich and <laughs> you know be an a-lister in this yeah. industry i receive it but yeah. that's not that's not the goal for me i right. feel like when your goal is just money and, and fame or fortune right. and, you know you you lose sight of what your what your purpose right. can be and lose sight of you know what what this creative outlet can be for right. people and i think you know an example of that um there there are so many people who think that film, theater, you know, music are are all, um, you know, not worthwhile or just fun or right. not. They don't take them serious. Um, but, you know, with the last few years, especially in 2020, when COVID hit and, you know, we were all stuck at home and the only right. thing we had was entertainment. The only thing we had was, you know, streaming services and virtual concerts mm-hmm. and, and art, you know, that, for me, it's like whether you're sad, you know, if you're sad, you go and you listen to music that right. speaks to exactly how you feel. If you want to be in a good mood, you go watch, mm-hmm. you know, a TV show or a movie that's going to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Or, right. you know, when you want to do something peaceful and calm, you go to an art gallery or, you know, there, there's so many forms of art out there and it all affects us in so many different ways. It affects our mood, you know, even That's architecture, right. you look at a building, mm-hmm. you know, or a, a string of buildings in a neighborhood and they make you feel a certain way. So for me, you know, film is like that. It's like whatever I'm feeling, whatever people are feeling, mm-hmm. you know, I want them to go to these pieces to, be able to get what they're looking to get um, out of them to 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 right. connect to you know be filled up with joy or if they need to you know be angry at something to right. be angry at a character. It's a catharsis. That, you know, it's a cathartic yeah. uh, you know means for catharsis. It's uh, is movies for you and and I wanted to ask you because I feel that music. Yeah, underscore or you know uh, the actual score of of film is very a, a very powerful way uh, to contribute to 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 the uh, the essence of your films. How do you uh, involve music? Uh, do you have it uh, original you know original pieces produced for the film, or do you get royalty free music? What is your um, way of doing that? Yeah, I actually have original pieces produced. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a lot of <laughs> talented friends who, <laughs> um, you know, are just so, so incredible at what they do. Um, and so, for instance, with Hope Secured, since that's the most recent thing, um, I actually have this kid, he's 17 years old, the composer for that film. Um, and he 
and I got together after we filmed and after we put together, um, you know, the, the rough edit and we sat and watched the film and decided together what the, mm-hmm. what the music needed to be like for each scene, you know, wow. what I wanted the audience <laughs> to receive. And I mean, you know, every note, every chord, every progression changes the way you view and receive what's happening right. in that scene. That's right. Um, it's, it's such an important, yeah. under underrepresented piece of the filmmaking process right. in music. Right. And that's why, you know, sometimes when I'll ask about music and I, and, and you know, I feel like that, that you know, I want to hear that. I want to hear you, say, you know, the filmmakers say that uh, because it really, and as a musician, which I am, you know, I, I take it very seriously and I know how important it is. Uh, what about you know your your casting process? I mean, uh, do you know you mentioned the the pandemic how it's changed the way we've done a lot of things, and I know that even auditioning now it's almost all done online now. How do you cast your projects? Yeah, yeah how do you do it? Yeah, so um, it's a mixture of I know people who are talented and capable, and you know I almost write roles with certain people in mind. Oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a I mean I'm not at a place in my career yet where I can, you know, ask for an A-lister. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, I think one of the things that frustrates me about films today is that they cast all of these people who are, you know, just big names or blew up on social media right. or are you know, famous singers or something who are not great actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are so many incredibly talented people who have spent years training in conservatories or in college, you know, who are totally capable of of killing those roles Mm -hmm. who are overlooked because they're not a name or they haven't, you know, had enough roles under their belt. So for me, I'm looking for the people who are talented, who are, you know, not represented, who who need that, you know, that one good opportunity. Right. And if I can provide that, then I'm looking for that. So, you know, I'm looking on uh, casting sites like Backstage, LA Casting, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm reaching out to actor friends who I know right. who are either, you know, fit for the role or who may know someone who could be a, a good fit. And right now, as you mentioned, everything's virtual. So, mm-hmm. you know, receiving the self-tapes, which personally, I hate self-tapes. I hate doing them. I hate watching them. Um, Mostly because I feel like, you know, you don't get someone's full authentic self in a self-tape. You get them, you know, you get their fifth or seventh cut of that performance. Um, You get the, the polished as close to perfection as they can get, and you don't get to interact with them. Um, for me, you know, I want to meet the person in person. I want to have a conversation with them. I want to know that not only are they talented, but that we're going to work well together because I've auditioned really talented people who I don't work well, don't believe we would work well with, or we don't click, we don't Mm -hmm. get along, or, you know, there's just nothing about them that I feel like I don't necessarily want on my set. And so, you know, I'm not going to work 
with them. Not well, to there's say that an energy. Not Everybody people, has an energy, and you know, uh, yeah. uh, and I'm not one of those people. I don't. I'm a Christian. I don't. I don't really talk normally about energy, but you know what I mean when I say it. It is. Uh, it is a uh, uh, just a vibe. It's a vibe, yeah. and uh, I tell you what, it's underrated. We talked about music being underrated, and so is that vibe. And you can't get it, like you said, from just a self tape. You've got to be in person. And I love. I love it that you're willing. We had a guy on uh, the other day, Billy Cowart, who is a big-time commercial actor. He said most of his roles he'll just get and from a self-tape, and they never meet. Uh, he doesn't meet anybody until the day that they start to film. That, to me, is very strange. <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah. what my process was for Take My Hand, um, I posted on websites, I reached out to friends, and I received an overwhelming amount of auditions yeah. um and i just i went and looked people up on social media oh <laughs> that's like, a big I thing just, mm -hmm. yeah i want to see you yeah. know you 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 know mm -hmm. some people post on their social media what they want you to that's see right but if you if you look that the things that they're yeah. tagged in, mm -hmm. you know, those are the things that their friends are posting of them and mm -hmm. that other mm -hmm. people are posting. So you can get a little bit more of a gist of yeah. who someone is. Um, and then we have a phone call, you know, I just, yeah. I just want to talk. I'm going to call you and mm -hmm. I hate talking on the phone. Um, <laughs> you know, call me the stereotypical millennial, but oh. don't call me, text me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, I've learned know, that. We'll I've learned that about you millennials, by the way. I've learned just text. <laughs> I used to just kick and scream. I did not want to text. See, I'm an old lady, but man, I learned that. And I'm so glad you were willing to, to let me call you for this interview. But I, <laughs> uh, but that's what you're saying, though. You're, you're willing, even as a, as a millennial with your texting, you know, mentality, you want to hear the voice. You want to talk to them and and uh, do you do any zooming like do you do the zoom auditions where you have them in front of you and technically not in the same room but at least you get to converse no i i find that's even more awkward mm. uh than a self-tape i'd rather it, it's hard because you know internet connections and yeah uh you know patchy sound and all of that especially for um anything involving music it's just it's right it's too much work right. so mm -hmm. i'd rather i'd rather watch a tape well tell me um, something you you told me uh it, that you just personally you just joined sag after uh yeah. now now what was you know a lot of times people uh they they kind of put that off for a while because you know once you join that union believe me i know it it's been decades that i've been a member of the union and i i have to turn roles down because it's not union or there's a lot of rules even for producers and directors uh what made you go ahead and bite the bullet and just and just join the union um well i've been eligible for almost seven years mm -hmm. um and i believe the eligibility runs out oh <laughs> i see that's pretty, an interesting pretty, thing Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty soon after the seven years hit. So uh, wow. my wife and I, you know, we talked about it for, for months and processed and, mm -hmm. um, you know, just decided I didn't want to have to start over okay. again. Yeah. Um, I always say I kind of cheated my eligibility. No. Um, I, I was singing background on an album years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, I had no idea that it was a union project. And it was actually months after SAG and AFTRA merged and became SAG-AFTRA. And so the project would have normally have fallen under an AFTRA agreement at the time, yes. but it was SAG. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
you know, I didn't even know I was getting paid for this. A friend called me and said, hey, I need you at the recording studio later today at six. Mm. And I was like, all right, I'm there. It's 112 degrees. Oh. I live with my parents. They need air conditioner. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> you just wanted to go where it was cool. <laughs> I just I wanted love to it. go where it was cool. Uh. And, you know, we, we worked for about two hours and they were like, oh, fill out this this I-9 or whatever. I thought, oh, maybe I'll get $100 for this, whatever. Um, filled out the form. Uh, a couple weeks later, got a really nice check in the mail. Wow. And a few days after that, got a letter from SAG after it saying I was eligible. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, so many people work so hard for so long just to get eligible. Yeah. And here I am after, you know, one two hour gig that was just, you know, yeah. randomly given to me by a friend. Wow. Um, and I didn't feel like it was worth it. I had done some things. I had done the background work. I had, you know, but I wasn't working enough to um, make the the initiation fee for one. I was just going to say, sometimes you can get a job where they say, listen, we're going to pay, you know, that yeah. fee for you. Uh, but if you have to pay for it yourself, we're talking thousands. And so if you yeah. if, if you have to pay for it, yeah, that's a big decision to make, especially since as an actor. And at the time, I think that's what you were doing, acting and singing. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you get restricted, then you don't you can only ever audition and do, you know, union jobs. But but you went ahead because you didn't you didn't want it to run out your your eligibility. And so uh, so how is this going to affect you going forward then as, as a member of the union? Well, um, I promised my wife I would make it worth it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that initiation fee. Um, so the plan is uh, to just start getting auditions, whatever I can get. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, doing, doing stand-in work, which yeah. um, I've been wanting to do, which for a lot of union productions, they won't hire non-union mm -hmm. stand-ins. Oh, I know. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, doing stand-in work so I can still be on sets and right. interacting with the people that I want to network and connect with. Well, um, I was just going to say, what a good reason. You've, you've made a promise to your wife, so now you're going to do it. But it's also a good place to get a little more of that exposure yeah. to, to, to what's happening. Uh, and also, uh, what I love what you're saying, and we just did an episode of the show about multitasking. And you are, you know, just saying it right here. You're like, okay, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a director. I'm a screenwriter. I'm, I produce. But here's what else I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing some acting and standing. I'm just, we have to in this industry do, a, like you said, on as a producer, you do a little of everything. But you're yeah. also going to keep that acting career going, too, because that was my last question for you. We're running out of time. But I, I wanted to ask you if, if you, because you were great in my show. I thought, don't stop acting. Buddy, <laughs> I don't plan on stopping. I, you know, I've been on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, yeah, mostly just because after after Lyman, uh, I started uh, teaching and, and running a yes. performing arts program, and mm -hmm. then COVID hit, and then filmmaking took off. But um, you know, the the goal is to be acting, to be singing, to be yeah. directing, writing, yeah. producing. If I'm not doing one, I'm doing the other. Well, or you're doing um, them at the same time, because that's the multitasking part of it. We do that. We yeah. do things at the same time, and it's just a part of it. And actually, when you love this business, you, you would want nothing else, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, this, you've got to love it. It's, yeah. it's, it's work. It's, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's long nights, you yeah. know? It's 
late nights. <laughs> well, especially when you, as a young, uh, well, you're young. You're <laughs> when, when a 29-year-old compared to a 55-year-old, I'll say you're young. But uh, <laughs> but I will say this too: you are at the prime of your life. You you know you've got your beautiful new wife, and even more beautiful that new baby, and trying to do it all. Oh my goodness, Eric, you've got the energy though, and that's that's what matters. I want you though to 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 promise me that as your your film start this next film that you're working on uh, gets uh, into post-production and it's getting ready to to, to launch please come back and what we can do is maybe uh, just just do a follow-up and talk about the film and get some you know expose it to the audience and uh, and also I want to get some more links from you because we want to make sure the listeners have a chance to support you and also learn more about your projects okay yeah, of course. <laughs> well, hey, I tell you what, Eric, stay on the line. I'm going to close out the show. But man, it has been great getting just getting this this uh, input from somebody who is starting out a what I can I think is going to be an a, enormous filmmaking career, and I cannot wait to look back and say hmm, we talked to him at the beginning of that. Uh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, don't forget we are on Apple, Google, Spotify. We're on everything. Make sure sure that you are telling your friends give us a rating and hey tune into uh, Twitter too because we're on Twitter now wow I, I feel like I, I've graduated to a new place I, I now have social media for the show uh, so don't forget we're here every Monday with a guest just like Eric Bailey Jr. thanks for tuning in this has been the Actors Guide tag you're it This has been The Actor's Guide. For more information about Ann Johnston-Brown or to join the tag team, please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast.